Hey guys, and welcome to a special edition of the Wednesdays with Watson podcast. It is May of 2023, and we are celebrating graduates. I'd love to share a passage of scripture with you before I begin today. It is found in Philippians chapter 1, and I am reading verses 3 through 12, and I am reading in the New International Version. I thank my God every time I remember you and all my prayers for you. I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. It is right for me to feel this way about all of you, since I have you in my heart, and whether I am in chains or defending or confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. God can testify how I long for you with all my affection for Jesus. And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight, so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ is filled with fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise to God. Now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that that which has happened to me has really happened to further the gospel. This is a very special episode for those of you with regrets, but in particular for the class of 2023. June 6th, 1990. When I opened my eyes that morning, the sights and sounds were so, so familiar. Other girls where some of them were sleeping super soundly, some of them also stirring. It was graduation day. It had been three years at the children's home. And those three years really served as a healing time for me. I remembered the first time that I was in that same bed. I've talked about it on this podcast. And it was the night that the countdown clock started. The thing about love, though, and unconditional encouragement that comes because of that love, it stops us from living in the past and makes us live in the present. So that morning on June 6, 1990, I was going to graduate that day, and the butterflies started to hit before my hit my, I could even get out of bed. Big day, graduation day. It was just a big day. Other than graduating from high school, this would be the very first time that I saw my mom since she left to marry one of my abusers and the state took custody. I was 18 years old, six months, and five days. The state's no-contact order had expired on my 18th birthday. I got out of bed and headed towards breakfast. I had no plans of actually eating breakfast. The children's home is actually the place where I learned the art of pushing food around on your plate. The excitement was just too thick. Everybody was excited. I was not only nervous about seeing my mom, but I had to deliver the valedictorian speech in front of hundreds of people. I spent the day with bundles of nerves because of all the things. The arc of that day would come when I drove off of that property later that evening with Lisa, my sister, and my mom. I looked forward to that sense of freedom, though I was still in chains and bondage of unforgiveness for my mom. But the day was too exciting to worry about all of that. If you want to know more about that, I certainly have covered that in more episodes, and you can go back and look at those. But I asked for the key verse for our graduation to be one that I just read. He 
who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. And I believe that then, and I believe that now. I believe that he finishes what he started. I had three years to heal, and that day represented hope for a bright future and the ability to fruitfully move on with my life despite the the trust that the first 14 years of my life being filled with trauma. The day dragged on, but finally we were donned in our cap and gown, waiting for the time to walk out. I saw my mom. She was the only one hunched over in the crowd, and she was more hunched over than I remembered. I can see her trying to catch her breath. Anxiety ruled my mama from my earliest memories. Lisa sat beside her, my sister, my mate in the prison room that I've talked about on this podcast, my first best friend. There she was, sitting next to the woman who gave us life but did her best to take it away. She lost that battle, and this day, my graduation day, proved that. As I was sneaking a peek through the small window in the door, flashed lots of memories from the prison room. A tap on my shoulder, though, kind of broke my thoughts, and, and I didn't even need to turn around. I knew who it was. It was a man with a shaky voice. It was Dad McGowan. He was the only man besides my Uncle Lloyd that I would ever, ever let around me. Famous, he said, because that's what he called me, Famous Amos. And I turned around to see his eyes filled with tears and Mom standing next to him. They had bought me a graduation card that said daughter on it. I still have it to this day as one of my most precious prized possessions. I want to talk to you for a minute, he said. I can't promise you that this life is going to be easy, but I can promise you that if you'll do three things, just three simple things, you will be all right, no matter what life brings. His slow cadence gave power to his words. He continued, I stayed in church, or he said to me, number one, stay in church. Number two, stay on your knees. And number three, stay in the word. Three simple pieces of advice. I'm sure he said other things, but those are the three things I remember. Just in case I'd forgotten, four years later, at my college graduation, he gave me the same song and dance. I have three pieces of advice for you, Amy. Stay in church, stay on your knees, and stay on the word. If I had only listened. Back to that high school graduation day, Mom and I just pretended nothing ever happened. I knew she was proud of my academic accomplishments. That was, and still is, vitally important to all of our family. We stayed in a hotel in Tampa before making our way back to Jacksonville, where I'd spent a week before returning to Tampa and my job at the children's home and to go to college. While I worked at the home and went to college, it was easy to follow Dad's advice. Most of college, I just sought Jesus until I didn't. Until my senior year of college, and I, like many 21-year-olds, thought that I knew best. I had, I had gotten slandered in the church that we were attended, and soon I stopped going. Suddenly I was living a life that was not indicative of following Jesus, but of the world. It's scary how fast it happened, too. It was such a slow fade. And I want those of you who are either a graduate or know a graduate to know that those series of mistakes were because I didn't take the advice of somebody who had lived longer than me, who had lived experiences with me, and who gave me biblical sound advice. And so I want all of you to hear me. Because you see, God cannot lie. And he promised to complete the work that he started in me, and I am so glad too. 
Four years of college went by super fast. Mom and dad sat in the audience of that graduation too. My mom was long gone by that time, has also been chronicled on this podcast. I resigned my position at the children's home as the city of my birth, Jacksonville, Florida, was tugging at my heart, and I was determined to prove that you can, in fact, go home. But you see, I was wrong because I didn't listen to that advice. I still wasn't listening to that advice. I was not in church. I was not on, on my knees, and I was not in the Word. Dad's advice was always on the top of my mind, but I was able to mute it. I was able to ignore it. What did the old man know anyway? If I was going to get slandered again, why should I go to church? I had plenty of memorized scripture to hide in my heart. I didn't need a Bible. I occasionally prayed, but the good work he started in me was in jeopardy. What if Philippians 1.6 wasn't true? But guys, it is true. But for this period of my life, it was a time to tear down, a time to uproot, a time to laugh, a time to scatter stones, a time to embrace, a time to search, a time to throw away, a time to mend, a time to be silent, a time for war. Fewer than six months later, I was with one of my biggest trauma makers and couldn't tell you where a Bible was. Hadn't talked to Jesus, and I had alienated myself from anyone who would hold me accountable. I eventually married that trauma maker, a decision I would not have made had I decided to heed Dad's simple two-time graduation advice. While filled with violence, we had many years of maternal success. From the outside looking in, it looked like God was still completing that good work in me. He actually was, but I thought he'd given up on me. So I just lived to grind. I lived to be successful I pursued a master's degree and got it. No one there to give me that advice then. I would do anything to not get hit at home. The financial success made all of it palatable. The security of that made all of it palatable. But you see, there is something about giving your life to Jesus. Because in his word says in Hebrews 12, 6 and 7, and I'm reading in the New King James Version, for whom the Lord loves, he chastens and scourges every son whom he receives. If you endure chastening, God deals with you as sons. For what son is there whom a father does not chasten? And he did chase me. As all things continued to escalate at home, I began hearing the shaky voice in my ear echoing those three simple pieces of advice given to me at both my high school and college graduation. First up, stay in church. One Sunday after a particularly hard and violent night. I drove to the church down the street. I walked in and, it felt, and I felt disconnected from God and wasn't even sure I believed anymore. But I knew I had to do something and I would commit to going and staying in church, stay in the word. It wasn't long before I was in a small group and because of my memory and grasp on scripture, it wasn't too long before I was being asked to teach. I needed a Bible. I still have that Bible and it remains to this day my favorite. Stay on your knees. Certainly in this time in my life, I mourn the life I thought I'd have, but I wasn't mourning without hope. My decade-long absence from church and Jesus did not squelch my love for Jesus, and so I just needed to turn around, and it was just such a simple step. I often found myself talking to him, asking for a rescue or a miracle by way of John coming to know him. Turns out, Dad was right both times. Life got harder and harder. 
but his people showed up for me at church. He showed up for me both in his word and in my prayer life. It was arguably the worst times of my life, but it was also another unique time. It was a time to be born, a time to plant, a time to heal, a time to weep, a time to dance, a time to gather stones, a time to refrain, a time to give up, a time to throw away, a time to mend, a time to speak, a time to hate. Yeah, time to hate. And again, it was a time for war. I was almost 20 years too late, but I finally listened to that graduation advice. And just like dad promised, life was not easy, but walking with Jesus gave it purpose. Going to church gave me people and spending time in his word gave me perspective, simple perspective. I remembered the passage in James, if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. And so, so many dark nights, I asked God for that wisdom. I asked him to change the situation until one day that prayer was a request to simply change me. Just a few months later, I made the move to Clearwater, leaving him and never looked back. As we are in graduation season, I want my story to serve as a cautionary tale. I am in no way saying that I deserved domestic violence or any of the things that happened to me. I just wish I could go back and tell 18-year-old Amy to listen to not only dad, but to the many people who employed me to simply hold fast to Jesus. I hope that one graduate listens to this and decides to listen to the wise counsel that they are no doubt getting. At this point in your life, nothing is more valuable than those who will share experience gained through wisdom, or wisdom gained through experience, whatever way you want to look at that. So now, I'm just a little bit younger than dad was when he gave me that advice, and I'd like to add some of my own, especially to the class of 2023. Number one, if you want to know what your future holds, look at your friend group. That came from somebody else, but it is absolutely true. Take a look at who you're hanging out with, and that's what your future looks like. Number two, always operate with character, no matter what happens. In your life, nobody can take away your character. Number three, do not live to work. Work hard, but watch, this, watch that sunset. Go for that walk. Have that glass of wine with a friend. Nobody ever said on their deathbed, I wish I would have worked more. My trauma made me more of a workaholic, and even on this very day, I'm paying the price for that because, as we've so often mentioned, the body keeps the score. Number four, remember not everyone has access to you. Protect your peace at all costs. And number five, no matter what you do, good or bad, always count the cost. I am so proud of the 2023 graduates in my life. I am prayerful that everyone under the sound of my voice, graduate or not, will learn from my story that it's never too late to take that little turn back to Jesus. He will finish what he has started just as I spoke about in my valedictorian speech. We can't derail that, but working and living inside God's perfect will for us puts another in all the fires that we will be in. There will be another in the fire. Congratulations to the class of 2023. Go out there and change the world. Just don't let it change you. On this day in May of 2023, Dad McGowan is 94 years old, and I wish you could hear it from him today. 
But stay in church, stay in the Word, and stay on your knees. And if you do that, you will still have plenty of pain in your life, but you will not necessarily deal with some of the things that I dealt with. And so would love to see you guys move forward in your life and make a difference for Jesus without having to go through what I did. So dear, dear, dear people, there is redemption from regret. And his name is Jesus. If you'd like to know him, please click that Contact Amy button. As for me, I'll be back here in two weeks as we celebrate PTSD Awareness Month with two very special episodes coming your way. As always, don't forget, you are seen, you are known, you are heard, you are loved, and oh so valued. You have pulled me out from the depths, you have saved me from certain death, you have shown yourself faithful to me. Stop.